Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, oh, what a joy it was. Um, I've just this second um, hung up the, the, the Zoom chat with today's guest, who is a singer-songwriter, uh, Foy Vance. Um, and, and I guess Foy, uh, I, I found out about Foy because he signed to uh, Gingerbread Records, uh, Gingerbread Man Records, sorry, um, Ed, Ed Sheeran's label. Um, and, 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 and that put him on my radar. And, and I'm glad that happened because there's... Uh, a huge body of incredible music to be uh, enjoyed there. And and we find out a little bit more about Foy's journey um, throughout this podcast and and what it takes and the, and, the, and the kind of what goes into, you know, maintaining a career in such a, a brutal industry that is, is the music industry. And yeah, he's, he's, He's kind, he's open, he's honest and funny and all the things that are going to guarantee that you're going to have a really nice podcast experience today. Um, I'm still smiling um, because it was uh, it was a lovely chat. Um, before we get on with that chat, um, a few thank yous. Um, big thanks to, to Scroobius Pip, everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network, home of so many wonderful podcasts. Go, go explore that. Uh, thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. Um, biggest thanks always go to you lovely listeners for being behind this podcast from the very beginning and, and if you, you if you jumped on halfway through or you jumped on last week or if, if i tell you what if this is your first time listening um when you get to the end of this um delightful chat with foyer um go check out the back catalogue because you can hear me talking to foo fighters you can hear me talking to rag and bone man uh fat boy slim uh motley crew um suede idols sleaford mods Oh God, the, the list goes on. There's about 400 episodes now. Um, loads of wonderful actors like Maxine Peake, Joe Hartley, Thomas Turgoose, uh, Michael Smiley, amazing comedians like Rich Wilson, Ed Gamble, James Acaster, Maisie Adam. Um, yeah, there's stacks. Go and, go and have a look. If you like your producers, I mentioned um, Fat Boy Slim, but you can hear me talking to Butch Vig, you know, hearing him talking about recording you know things like nevermind and for nirvana and, and smashing pumpkins and sonic youth it's it's some, a, a lovely chat um but you can find out about everything you need to know about this podcast at off the beat and track podcast.com that's beat and not beaten beat and track podcast.com um anyway before you do any of that sit back have a brew have a beer 
have a Guinness. Floyd was having a Guinness actually when we was having this. Um, yeah, get yourself a nice Guinness and uh, yeah, put your feet up and uh, and enjoy today's episode of the Beat and Track podcast with the delightful Floyd Vance. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off the Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, Stu with him. Right, we are recording. Uh, joining me today, Foy Vance. Hello. How you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. We've just had a nice little chat. You're, uh, you, you, you're kind of doing bank holiday stuff, pre-bank holiday. Yeah, I am. I am because it's a Thursday's my Thursday's my dump day. Right. So I'll do my dump runs on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I see. I always see them. Uh, for I don't know why it is. It's just like a good day. Thursday always feels like sort of a semi weekend to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, like, I go and do dump runs in the morning, get up early, go and clear a load of carpets out this morning, and then now it's two o'clock, so it's it's which means pint o'clock. Oh, lovely, lovely. Where are you today, for? Where, 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 where's, where's home at the moment? I'm up at a place called Aberfeldy in Scotland, uh, just right at the foot of the Highlands. It's 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 a killer spot. It's like being in Colorado sixty years ago. Oh, uh, lovely. Re- yeah, it's really, it's really beautiful, just beautiful valley. Um, and like I say, right at the foot of the highlands. So you stand out in the street there and look out, and you see this mountain range. And it's, there's something very comforting about the fact that for 138 mile after, the, after that, it's, there's nothing but mountains and just a handful of people on them. Oh, you know, with the, feeling the wind come off that, it's, it makes you feel blissfully insignificant. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Right, Foy, I'm going to start your playlist. And uh, and I'm going to ask you, please, for your first track, to tell me the song that you think has the greatest ever intro, please. See, this is a this is a tricky one, isn't it? My guess is you usually get Bohemian Rhapsody. I've done 400 of these now, and I reckon I've had Bohemian Rhapsody, or maybe I think it's the second most chosen. I think it's about four or five have gone for that. But uh, it's normally that Teen Spirit's quite common, um, but Help by the Beatles is the most chosen. Oh, yeah, that's another good one. Well, you know what? The one I went for is probably a, a lesser-known song by uh, an artist called Lewis Taylor, who sort of he, he popped up a bit in the 90s, sort mm-hmm. of soul, like, uh, soul music type thing. And he's got a song called Bittersweet. And it's just... Uh, I just takes so long to set the song up. I, you know, it's almost like the intro 
goes right through verse, chorus, second verse, second chorus, and then when it gets into this uh, middle eight section at the end of that, the live drums kick in and the song, it's like, so to me, it's like he's made the whole song this glorious, um, alluring intro, just this repetitive mantra. It's, it's an incredible piece of music. So I'm going to ask you, uh, as, as a songwriter, to sort of talk me through your approach to, to songwriting, but essentially the intro. And if you can tell me if that's, if that's in any way changed in, in regards to the way that we're seeing people consuming their music now and these attention spans getting shorter and, and people getting their music from probably different places to where, I, I believe me and you are around about the same age, probably getting their music in a very different place as to where we got as uh, when we were growing up. And we, we, we'll get to that later in the podcast. But I just want to know with some of these trends in, you know, and what we're seeing in, 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 in lots of music now where it's like, right, start with a chorus, you know, just hook them straight away. And, and I just wonder if any of that kind of, I won't use the word science, but that kind of trend ever filters its way down and, and influences your your songwriting and essentially that intro. Do you get where I'm going with the question? Because I've, I've asked it 400 times before and I've never got it right. No, that made, that made a lot of sense to me. And in a word, no. No. Okay. None of what's going on, none of what's going on in modern songwriting is influencing my songwriting at all. None of it. So purely um, traditional sit down. Right. Well, just it's not even about. It's about. Um, there's a great poem by uh, Charles Bukowski called "Art," and he says, "As the form appears, the spirit wanes." And pop music is formulaic and rightfully so i've got a i've got a i've got a deep appreciation for what the writing that's going on of, of you know some writers at the minute some of what what's going on at the minute um but it's not it's not what influence it's not where i want to write from because pop music is kind of you know you're you're trying to hit the targets like you say little snippets the songs of the chorus comes within a minute now it's like, don't bore us, get to the chorus. Mm. You know, when everyone talks like this, write a chorus, make it a verse, and write a better chorus, all this kind of stuff. Um, and it's all, all that is, it, it's all to do with selling the song. You know what I mean? Yep. Making the song sellable. And I'm not interested in making my music sellable. Uh, I mean, I'm, after it's made, I, I, I'm very happy that I've got, you know, people in the industry around me to help me make money and make sense of this. But yeah. to, write, to write with that in mind, to write without intention, to write solely to get on radio or solely to get on, you know, to me, like for me personally, that would defeat the purpose. Yeah. I can, I can appreciate it's a genuine art form. I'm not being snobby here. No, it's a no, genuine no. art form. That's, people want to do that. That's okay. But just not for me. Yeah. Like that, that's that, you know, that, that's the reason I asked that question. Cause I'm always fascinated by what people's takes are on it because you know, you, you mentioned straight away Bohemian Rhapsody and that's, that's the song now. If you took that into a, a record company, people would be like, Oh, what the fuck's this? Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're like two minutes in and nothing's happened. Yeah. It's like, and, and it, you know, it wouldn't get signed, which is, you know, insane. Um, but then I also do think that there's, there is a, a an incredible skill in being able to craft the, you know, a, a, a two and a half minute pop song. That's, that's not easy to do. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that, you know, they, they, they're all very interesting and, and difficult and in their own right. So I'm always sort of interested as to as somebody that is a songwriter, what their take is on it. So, uh, 
it's okay. just less about music now, Stu. It, um, it's less about music. It's, it's not really music's the last bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, and I say this with no. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you know current UK artists, uh, but it's just style over content for me. It's you know what I mean. I think. You stand a better chance in the music industry if you're a young, white, blue-eyed, malleable male. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's, that's, that's something that, you know, a lot of people haven't picked up on. Do you know what I mean? It is just that's, that's a big part of the, I guess, the, the formula that these, these big labels, you know, look for. They mm. want to try and find something that's going to have as much reach and as sellability and all of the things that, I guess is the the grotty side of of that industry that is a million miles away from a word you touched on earlier, which was art. And like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it moves so far away from that, and it almost focuses on everything else but that. And and I think it's a slippery slope when, yeah, when when the powers that be that you know are influencing next generations and and soundtracking you know younger ears if it is all purely financial and. And yeah, and about that sellability, but it's always been there, I guess. Like, but it, it, it definitely feels now. Just looking at looking at the, the you know, I, I, I had a, a a record deal in the in the nineties, and and I remember thinking then how difficult it was to try and get signed. You know, just literally a bag of demos going around Camden pubs, trying to give it to anybody that was even moderately related to any kind of record label. Just going, oh yeah. Pass that yeah. to blah blah blah, and uh, and 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 you know, secured a tiny little deal that you know, and and that was then. I just think now, nah. like you, you look at it in these major labels, and you don't knock that out of the park with your first album. See ya, and like, and then you look at and let's use Queen as an example. You know, these bands like they they find their feet. You know they're not; these bands aren't nurtured anymore. You know, there's there's only you know probably a handful of acts that you could probably look at that are a big selling acts now uh, that have come out in the last ten years that have had that opportunity to to grow. And I don't think there's many. And and I, I looked at it and I, I, the, the Maccabees was a band that for me I used to look at the Maccabees and I used to think, Do you know, what, they, they they had moderate success with that first record and. And they were like, I think they were something of fiction, and and that label just nurtured them, and and worked with them, and it was like, I just hope that that isn't a lost thing there, and I hope that you know some major labels still see, you know, that rough diamond, and just think, Do you know what, there's there's some real good to be had here, you know, they, they, these people are very clever, and they're going to mature, and they're going to, and with that will come, you know, incredible art, but I don't know, I don't see that happening very often. Uh. Well, I, I think it probably still happens, but just not necessarily with the artists that, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can just write one good song, but look really good. Yeah. And talk really good and be really cool. And like I say, mal malleability is a big one because, it, listen, let me balance it out a bit though, because I'm on a major, you know, thanks to signing with Ed's mm -hmm. label. That's, that's, that's through Atlantic in the UK and Electra in the States. You know, it's a major label. And they're very gracious with me. I mean, that's largely to do with Ed, I imagine. But but still, it's worth saying. They're very gracious with me. I do projects, like we side projects that aren't going to make a load of money back. Sometimes don't even make money back. They just cover themselves or whatever. Um, and they, they're they all about it. Like, go ahead and do that. 
But the flip side of that is, like, outside of lucky bastards like me that fall into deals like that, <laughs> um, you know, it's a it's a corporation. I mean, it's it's they're there to make money. Yeah. Their their bought their meetings are largely about money. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and numbers in general, um, and that's what they are. So, and that's not what art is. Yeah. You know, it's like it's trying to. I found that tricky over the years trying to marry the two going, okay, how much do I involve myself in industry here? Because, you know, it's in, it's important. There's no point sitting at home. There's no point me writing all the songs I've written if I never put them on a record and never got them out, never played live. And, and to do any of that, you need people. You know what I mean? And it's that fine line though, isn't it? Of like, you know, dancing with the devil for want of a, a, a crass description, dancing with the devil a little bit and, and trying to retain your integrity and just try and get every little bit like balanced, isn't it? Because, you, you know, like you say, as, as, as an artist, you want as many people to hear your, your music. And, and it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's a tricky one, man. It, 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 it really is. And it's always a, an interesting question that because it does throw so many kind of pros and cons and, 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 and how the industry changes and, 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 and trends and, that the people get their music, but I'm going to take you back now. And for track two, uh, right. I, I'm going to ask you, please to tell me the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I remember this vividly. Uh, it was You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone. Um, in fact, when I, when I was uh, eight months old, what's that, 1975, my dad got a job in Canton, Oklahoma. Uh, as a preacher and also sort of build this church in, in this tiny little town. Um, and so when we, we were that far away from home, we, the way we'd contact with the family, the grannies and grandas and co- uncles and cousins and all that crack would be, we would make audio tapes for each other and send them back and forth. So my granny would, she'd be singing a load of hymns and my granda would be talking about rapping this and rapping that and how everything's wrong with the world, you know, and, you know, uh, cousins would play their instruments or whatever. But when we sent tapes back, uh, 
I, I was three years old and sang that song start to finish. It had a huge it had a huge impact on me. I knew every word. Yeah. And and home was where? At that point in time was Canton, Oklahoma. Yeah, and for you as well. Yeah, yeah, no, the whole family moved out. Right, yeah. right. Me, my dad, my mum, my dad, my, uh, me and my three older brothers. Wow. And how long was you out there for? Five years, something like that, four or five years. Can you, can you remember it? You know what? I do remember. It's more sort of like sense, sensory memories because I was five, yeah. like I say, five when we come back, five, six, five. Um, I, I think because we spoke of it so much, you know, having lived in, in Canton, Oklahoma, when we went back to Bangor County down, you know, there wasn't that, there weren't that many people that had, uh, and you're all right, mate. <laughs> um, there weren't that many people that had, that we knew that lived in Canton, Oklahoma, yeah. you know, in the dust bowl. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was quite a, it was quite a, a weird thing. It was polarized when we went home, it was really polarized. So there was always chat about it. There was always stories. There was always getting pictures out. Um, listening to the tapes, listening to the tapes back. So I think I've probably stockpiled a, me a memory from all that stuff more than actually being there, I would have thought. Um, and if you had to pinpoint that emotion, for what would it have been? I guess love. Well, you know, you light up my life, you give me hope to carry on. Yeah. Would uh, it be the same if you heard it now? It still is. I listened to it... Uh, I listened to it the other day. I can't remember why or how, but it came up and I, I, uh, I stuck it on, yeah. Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah. Well, let's stay in those early years. And, and for track three, I'm going to ask you to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Time at school? Now, this is a, this is a tricky one because I, uh, I mean, there's so... The first thing that comes to mind is like, uh, it must be loved by Madness. When you say school, when you say school, I go straight back to primary school yeah. somehow. I don't, I don't know why, but uh, and I, yeah. I, I love this because so many people of our generation, the minute you say infant school, bang, madness straight away. Well, do you know the the other song, the more obvious one would be that you know uh, what was that? Uh, by madness. Baggy trousers. He should come to Braggy yeah. up. Bang him on the game with a plastic cup. Oh, what fun we had. different ways. Like the school days. That was cool. That was all about school. And yeah. I remember listening to that. Baggy trousers, dirty shirts, pulling hair and eating dirt. <laughs> I mean that, right? I know people like, you know, uh, like, like, people often, you know, credit bands like the, the, the Kinks and things like that for, for, for really incredible sort of London, you know, observational songwriting. That yeah. is genius, you know. Yeah. It, it, it really is. And, yeah. and Baggy Trousers is the most chosen record on that question. Like, the is amount it? of people that just go, <laughs> Baggy Trousers, like, man, it's cool. It's a bit, uh, but, um, but I, I think... You must speak to a lot of men in their 40s. <laughs> I do, mate. But um, it's, uh, it, it's quite weird, isn't it? Because I think there were so many things about madness that were just, as a young lad, they were just... They were likely lads, weren't they? And they made funny videos. And he's like, what, as a young boy, like, what, what, what do you want when you're on top of the pops? Like, you want to see that, right? Or Adamant. Yeah. Adamant obviously looked ridiculously cool as well. I was like, there's a guy that looks yeah. like a pirate singing songs. This is great. Like, nah, but the rude boys, the rude boys with the crombie jackets and Oxford shoes and the wee caps. And yeah, you know mate. what I mean? <laughs> I still, I still love that kind of, uh, and they always used to wear, remember those kind of wild glasses, real, uh, square edge glasses. Yeah. 
they always looked uh either they they're a very striking band as, as a kid yeah i was like you know i remember when i was listening to bands like that like one at primary school i just assumed these people were sort of fucking born like that you know like yeah. stars are born they, they don't you know you, you can't be born yeah. in banger and then go and become a musician yeah. and be an artist yourself it never occurred to me as much as i sang pretty much all day every day and played as much as i could any instrument that i could get in front of i was consumed by music but never once until i was about 22 that it occurred to me that i could probably just do this and not much else i think one of the things when you look at them bands and you know other bands that had that look whether that be you know early dexies or that be you know the specials or or, or madness the thing that always strikes me they look like they're a fucking gang like and like when you're young and you see them, like, fucking blind, and it's true though, isn't it? They look like a gang, yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah. that's exciting. I want to be in that gang, you know. Yeah. That they're having way more, way more fun than like I don't know, like whatever pop band was on. You know, I definitely wanted to be in Madness. It was like they just looked like they'd be fun. They looked like you know right. they were lads, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, how, how was school for you? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. It was a bit of a blur. I mean, every single, and I mean this literally, from P1 through to leaving school in fifth form, every single report I have at some point in there says, Foy doesn't lack intelligence. He just lacks concentration. He daydreams too much. He's, he's, you know what I mean? He's a smart enough kid, but if he, worked, if he applied himself, he'd do better. Yeah. But I just so I just sort of meandered through school like a wee moth, you know, just bumping into lights here and there. It's a shame that teachers don't ever drill down into what you're daydreaming about. Mm. But you know what? It was uh, it was at that time where shit had just changed. Now I'm in high school now for mm. some reason. Uh, shit had just changed. Teachers could no longer punch you. Yeah when I got into second form, I think it was, and they could no longer cane you. And that put a lot of, you know what I mean? I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is teachers, I don't envy any teaching job. It must mm. be the most difficult thing. And they must, there must be so many teachers that are desperate to give a few kids in the class that special bit of attention, but just don't have the yeah. time or don't have the, you know what I mean? Cause they're dealing with other shit that they, and they can't even slap the kids anymore. I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should be able to slap kids. You having trouble with some of the kids in the uh, in the neighbourhood? <laughs> yeah, but that was that was weird, wasn't it? Did you ever get clipped at school? Yeah, I got clipped by a teacher. Yeah, oh, like, literally like blackboard rubber thrown at me. Like, yeah, you know, I, I had a teacher that used to get the hair right on your hairline at the back of your head and uh, pull it up. And like, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell, That's a good brutal. way of getting you out of the room, man. Yeah. Like, and yeah. it is weird now because you know I've, I've I've got daughters that have just left school now, and like you know the thought that that would be happening like through their school years, and and mm-hmm. I, and I always just find it weird that like my parents, I guess because they would have probably had it worse. Like my parents never just went, uh-huh. oh, if someone does that, tell them fuck off. And it's like, yeah. but you, you don't do you because it's school and it's what you know, and you're terrified. And but on on, on school, did. Uh, did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? No. No, I told you, I'm off, a daydreamer, uh, a romanticist. I was just, 
I was just chasing girls and trying to sing to anyone I could. <laughs> I realised singing was good. Yeah. Was that encouraged at school? The uh, singing, not the chasing of girls. I was pretty proud. Like I say, it was mostly girls that I would reveal that to. <laughs> Never reveal it to the guys, you know, think I don't sing. <laughs> hate singing me. I mean, like music's for girls. Because uh, it was that era. And yeah, yeah. So I, it was kind of a... I mean, I guess some of my closer uh, guy mates would would have would have maybe known that I that I enjoyed it as much as I did, but I was I was more open with it uh, about it with girls. Yeah, for obvious reasons. Obviously, obviously. Well, let, yeah. let's stay in the uh, in, in the formative years. Uh, I'm going to ask you uh, for track four. Tell me the first song you remember buying from a record shop, please. Well, you know what? The, my first recollection of buying my own music with my own money I was about nine years old we were in Limerick for a summer camp that my dad was running and I was we were driving back uh, to Bangor me Timmy Spencer and Nicola Lavery and another girl who I can't remember but I was in love with Nicola Lavery and it was desperate it was it was just the end of the world that that week had finished and I wasn't going to see her for a while yeah uh, and we went stopped at a garage like a you know truck stop type vibe um and I bought a cassette of Michael Jackson's love songs. I was such a soppy wee shit, you know? Uh, There's some good songs on there, right? Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. But farewell, my summer love. No farewell. one. Farewell. No, I won't forget you. No one references that one. That's one of my favourites. And I literally, back yeah, when killer. anybody mentions, like... Uh, Jackson, people never mention that song. It's an absolute belter, isn't it? Oh, it's a belter, and it was the one that I listened to over and over again. That's another thing that I was and still am pretty obsessive about shit. So, you know, as soon as I heard that song, I had my dad rewind the tape and play it again until he just got too annoyed to do it again. You know, he's like, no, we're listening to the rest of the tape. Because I just wanted to hear that again, yeah. again, again, again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned kind of singing to girls and stuff in your, in your younger years at school and things like that. And uh, I mean, I, I want to ask you what your relationship is with with confidence and what it was then to what it is now. That's a question. You're not messing around. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I think. Much like, much like everyone, you know, childhood's a, it's a fucking minefield, isn't it? You know, it's a, you know, I really, I have three kids now myself, and um, I constantly remind myself to be lenient about shit because they're going, you know, everybody knows it sucks to grow up as Ben Folds once wrote. Oh you man, know, you know that song? Yeah. Fucking hell, man! I'm I'm high fiving you. Still fighting it by Ben <laughs> Folds, man. Fucking hell, that that's yeah. in my top five. Break your heart in two. You're yeah. so much like me. I'm sorry. Oh, fucking hell, man! What yeah, a right? song! What a song! What a tune, indeed. Fucking hell! It's so filled with the uh, with jewels, yeah, and wisdom. It's it's a killer tune, and it's a just a beautiful song. But I love that when you get a song. It's like. It's like going to see a comedian where you, you not only do you laugh, but you leave thinking about shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's, 
he's one of those sort of songwriters you can laugh and cry to his songs and after they're done you think fucking hell what a yeah what a what a rock volunteer you know absolutely absolutely so yeah my my confidence was as shaky as everyone else's man you know um i think i had that air of invincibility that all we boys do for a while until they sort of start to like girls Mm. and then ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Realize uh, their confidence isn't quite what they thought it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 that you know, you know, you, you, you go online, and you can see you know videos of you playing some in ridiculous places. You know, um, what's the moments like for you before you walk out on stage? Are you still the sort of person that that'll have a beer, like fourteen nervous pisses, and then like go out, or like what? What's the kind of uh, what's the deal? No, no, I don't get those nerves at all. And you know why it is? I don't think it's, well, I guess it is a form of confidence. It's a confidence that I've kind of cultivated, but it, it's, it's not that I'm so confident that I'm going to do great. It's that, well, there's another, there's another song going to quote another song, Prince. It would be ludicrous to think that we are new to this. We do this. This is what we do. Do you know what I mean? That's what I, that's what I do. Mm. You know, I sing every day. I play my guitar every day. I play piano every day or I'm in the studio every day. Uh, even if I'm not in the studio, there's no day goes by without me singing. So it's just what I do and I enjoy it. And I feel like if I go up there and I fuck up, it's not like I cut an artery and, you know, suddenly we need to rush to theater. I just look like a bit of a tit for a minute. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then and then the moment passes and, the, you know, and even the worst case scenario, if you really bombed or whatever, I mean, like, so what? So what? It is a fleeting moment, isn't it? It is. It's just like, you know what I mean? Just... Go, go where you're wanted. Go where you're invited and anywhere that says, we don't want you here, then it's all right. Bye. <laughs> Enjoy George Ezra. <laughs> I'm a cheeky one. I didn't mean that, George. You're, you're a diamond. You're a sweetheart. Um, for track five, uh, I, I asked guests the song that soundtrack their years clubbing. You've told me that you didn't go clubbing in advance. No. So what, this question because it's um it's incredible uh, the amount of people I've asked that question to that have gone now nah, never went clubbing and and I think I need to kind of reframe the question because I think it sort of leads people to thinking of you know uh, chrome laden night spots with you know house music being bled it, it can be a dive bar it can be your local indie night it can be 
you know, a bar that you would hang out with, you know, hang out with your pals in those kind of 18 to, to 21 years of age and like any songs that, you know, are symbolic of that time. So I'm, I know I've put you on the spot here. Uh, but, no, yeah. that's, that's, uh, these are good questions. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else. As soon as you started talking like clubbing, I was going, well, when I was 14, I used to go to the matinee club, but it was like an underage disco where, you know, you'd go and get four beers, sink them in 10 minutes and then go in and dance and you know, it was sort of during the acid days. So like Humanoid was the song that came to mind. Oh, stack of Humanoid. <laughs> you remember that one? Fucking Humanoid. right. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Uh, That's a mental record, that is. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Solid choice. Um, but, but you know what? When you say clubbing, like something that I did regularly, something that I, throughout the years, I would go back to that, that sort of, that would be my jam, would be going to see singers or bands but one guy in particular a guy called ken haddock uh he's a dear friend of mine uh since way back when since going to see him basically he would play every sunday in a bar called woolsey's and every thursday in a bar called jenny watts where he still plays this day actually <laughs> um but going there and just hearing what new songs he was going to play that week or or even just hearing the kind of obscure songs that he would pick and play every week that no one else is really playing these kind of tunes. You had to go and see Ken to get it. Um, you know, like Nick Drake, John Martin, you know, all that kind of like English folk and American folk. And, uh, I, he wasn't just doing brown eyed girl and superstition. You know what I mean? Yeah. In fact, he didn't, he didn't do either of them. Yeah. It was always Bruce Coburn, you know, Bruce Springsteen, loads of other Bruce's. He's already having Bruce's. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Forsyth. Bruce Lee. <laughs> Bruce Lee. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm going to take you home. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, before I take you home, we've, we've spoke confidence. I'm um, not that easy, I'll have you know. Really? We'll see. We'll taking, see. You're not been taking me home. Well, we'll see. We got. I got one more question, and I'm going to see if I can take you home. Right. So, all right. What, what I want to know is, uh, for after asking you about confidence, and and you've you've chose um, to to to, to uh, have a, a a career in in an industry that's famously difficult uh, and, mm. and and can be ruthless. Uh, and so, aside from confidence, tell me about drive drives a, a key one that's a that's a key one right there man um, there's a great quote by Mike Tyson where he says it doesn't matter how good you are at whatever in life you are nothing without discipline you're nothing without discipline. And I do see that in a lot of, I've seen it over the years and hundreds of, maybe even thousands of, of, of people, uh, artists coming up that sort of think they want to get into, you know, you know, the bands that, you know, one week they're in ripped jeans and leather jackets. And then the next week they look like Mumford and Sons. Cause that's cool. And that, you know, <laughs> they, they don't really know what they want. They just want to be in a band yeah. and be cool and, and do cool shit. And they, they don't really want the, do you know what I mean? I, I've got two, I've got two broken marriages now. I, I I I spent a large portion of my life on the road, mm. 
uh, away from my family, away from my friends, away from the people that knew me and loved me, playing in shitholes around in Europe and England and America and wherever else. You like literally starting at the at the bottom. Yeah, you know, playing playing to three people in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, or whatever, and then you know whatever, <clears throat> and that that takes a drive. Yeah. Because unless unless you can see the long game, unless you can see the long game and what you're doing it for, uh, you're not going to make it. Yeah, absolutely. You're not going to make it. You know, um, because you, unless unless you get real lucky, which happens once in a while for those few people, where it just clicks. But mostly, if you want something in life, you're going to have to work to get it. And your work ethic, I, I agree with that. I I think. Uh, you can be just semi-talented, but if your work ethic is twice that of the hardest worker around, you'll do you'll do well. Yeah, absolutely, definitely, definitely. Work hard, work hard, and you'll and and you'll do well. Well, you've got very little say in this, but I am taking you home now, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to ask you uh, for your favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. This has got. A, this is a really hard one to pick. Um, who who was in the running then for it? What 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 you got? <laughs> well, do you know what the God's honest truth is? The only person that was in the running is a guy called Peter J. McCauley. Okay. I mean, there are other artists that I love. Like honorable mentions would be Gareth and Lop. This new song called Animal that he's just released is fucking ridiculous. Um, you know, there's there's some there's some real cool shit going on. But what, what, if you if you look at my Spotify to see what I listened to in my top artists in the last year. It's all Peter J. McCauley. Okay. It's all him. I, I just listened to that record, Amnesty, over and over and over and over and over. I just, I didn't listen to anything else. I was either writing music, and if I was in my car or I wanted to listen to something, I just listened to Peter J. McCauley because he, he really, I don't know what it is. He's one of those artists just really speaks to me with a, I don't even know what he's fucking saying but it's doing good shit and I can't get enough of it. And there's a song called Until the Lights Dim on that record on Amnesty. So I want to say it was hard to pick. It was hard to pick which one off that record. Right. Because, you know, Anywhere My Love Will Go was a, oh my God, it's like it was written in the 20s or something. And then Pony on the Fur is, I don't know, a trip of some sort. But I'm going to I'm gonna go with... Uh, until the lights dim by Peter J. McCauley. Okay, okay, right. We've spoke about trends and uh, and and how you know youngsters are listening to music on TikTok and stuff like that. Well, I'm I'm going to take you there now. You're going to be uh, what uh, what the kids call an influencer now, mate. And uh-huh. uh, and I want you to tell me for the last song, mate, um, a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear. Perfect, Gareth Dunlop, <laughs> Animal. And what can people expect from that? Uh, to fall in love with Gareth and Lop. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, it's, there's a there's a live video on YouTube. Google it, uh, or just go on YouTube, put in Gareth and Lop, Animal, uh, and and it'll be there. It's him sitting in a wee sort of dimly lit room, and uh, I, listen, I watched it for the first time before when he just shot it. He said, "What do you think of this?" I Me, mean, is it all right? And by the end of it, I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm not even gay, but I would. I mean, you're, <laughs> what the fuck? That was so sensual. 
Oh, incredible. Well, I mean, that's, that's a good way to sell it, man. So what we do is we put together a, a little Spotify playlist so people can go and check out all of the tracks uh, that you've chosen today for it. Um, we're, we're, we're steaming well into 2022 now, mate, and uh, and we're looking at a, a summer that's hopefully going to be as as, as COVID friendly as, as as you know, hopefully a lot more than it has been the, the previous two. You know, we're seeing festivals back on, we're seeing tours, we're seeing you know art in all many sort of wonderful places reemerge. Uh, and so I'm going to ask you um, as we start to wrap what you're looking forward to from this year personally and what you're going to be doing professionally? Uh, <clears throat> well, professionally, we'll start with the latter. Um, I'm about to go out and tour in the States, starting uh, New York. We're in Levon Helm's place for a couple of nights. Uh, and then we're at Webster Hall in Brooklyn. I think we I can't remember how. We're in New York for a bit, and then we're, yeah, down the East Coast, uh, Nashville. I can't remember all the dates off the top of my head, but that's I'm away from the month of May doing that, and then I, and then later in the year I've got a, a similar month away for the UK and Europe, so uh, that's that's the that's the touring schedule for the year, and I think that might be the touring schedule for the next while. I don't want, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's it's a lot being away. It's yeah. a lot being away. The t- my my two youngest are uh, four and just about to turn two, so I. Yeah, you know, I don't want to take a month away every every year. I can't do that. So anyway, so outside of outside of that, just continuing the write, continuing to uh, write with a, a couple of other people that I'm sort of working on their record with them, um, and just doing what I want to do. Really, I guess <laughs> that sounds well. Just be, you know, I like doing what I what what interests me. Yeah. Um, that's that's what the professionally speaking. That's what I'm focused on this year. And personally, just uh, yeah, I just got a, a new gaff there that I've got a that I've got to sort out. So in the summer, I'll be lots more dump runs down to see Mike <laughs> and get either history lessons or dirty jokes, is what I usually tell me. <laughs> um, for if people want to find out um, about tour dates uh, and, and everything else that you're up to, where's the best place for people to keep up to speed with you, mate? Foyvance.com. Simple. Um, I haven't said that. In what feels like maybe a decade and a half, by the way. Really? Boyvance.com, no. <laughs> well, there Who it is. Who does that? It's like MySpace. Check it out on MySpace. <laughs> it's MySpace.com forward slash boy. Oh, is MySpace still there? Is it just this I weird graveyard that you just kind of like wander around and... Surely not. Surely not. Um, I wonder is. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to check for it as soon as I get off here. Before you know it, you'll be updating your profile. Um... Major, <laughs> <laughs> it's been proper nice, mate, having a chat with you about records. Um, I really appreciate your time today, mate. Not at all, it's been a pleasure. Slancha, absolutely, mate. Enjoy that Guinness, and uh, and yeah, and hopefully, I'll catch you soon. Take it easy, brother. Yes, see you, my man. There you go. Ah, can you see why when I was doing the intro, I was still smiling? What, what a wonderful human! It was such a lovely chat. 
Um, no, like them, them, them natters when you just don't want it to end. You know, we, we press stopped and we, we, we carried on and we exchanged a few other artists that we was um, excited about at the moment that we were listening to. So I've got some homework to do now when I sign off from this to go and uh, to go and check out Niall McCabe. Actually, there you go. Heads up. Niall McCabe. Um, Island Nile uh, on Instagram. Let's shout him out. Let's get some attention on him because I've not heard it yet, but um, uh, the, the, the fact that Foy and I uh, instantly connected the minute he said, uh, he quoted that Ben Folds song, um, Still Fighting It by Ben Folds. If you've never heard that, oh my life, get that in your ears now um, before you head over to Instagram and check out Island Nile. Anyway, um, everything you need to know about this podcast, there's a Patreon as well. It's, it costs you a dollar a month. That's about 70p a month. Uh, and you get other weekly content. You get all the video episodes. You can watch all the podcasts. I'll put up mixtapes, radio shows. Um, and there's, yeah, there's, there's hundreds of episodes um, over there that have never been released to the public. So, um, yeah. And ultimately, you're supporting the podcast by, uh, yeah, uh, paying 70p a month. And, uh, yeah. It's much appreciated. Um, I'm back next time. In the meantime, uh, be bloody nice to each other. Um, be happy, be lucky, and uh, and I'll see you next time. Much love. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, Stu Whipping. Eat it, boy.